Welcome, dear listeners, to another empowering episode of Women in Confidence, the podcast that celebrates the strength and resilience of women from all walks of life. I'm your host, Vanessa, and today's episode is a testament to the power of support, mentorship and holistic transformation. But before I get started and we launch into this episode, I just want to apologise to my regular listeners. I know I am behind schedule on releasing episodes, and if you're expecting an episode last week, then I'm really sorry. There are about 101 reasons why I didn't release an episode last week, and I don't want to go into all of those here. We'd be here for hours. But let's just say I've had a busy couple of weeks, one of which I was away from home with with work. And if you travel for work or business, you'll know how full on that time is whilst you're away. And then when you return, you don't get a break and you return as wiped out, um, as a wiped out individual. All right. So I do apologize. So today, my guest is Tassos, and he has spent over 25 years navigating the terrain of the corporate landscape, facing demanding entrepreneurial environments and working with a myriad of bosses, some of who would stop at nothing to assert their dominance. But there's a twist to this story, and that's uh, what set Tassos apart and why he's on the show today. In the midst of this corporate chaos, female colleagues turned to him, seeking refuge from their struggles with self-confidence, low self-esteem, and the ever-present fear of judgment from their male counterparts. Why, you might ask? Well, because Tassos was a rare beacon of support, a male ally who not only listened, but empowered these women to believe in themselves. And then driven by this passion, he formed his business, and he's embarked on a mission to extend the support to a broader audience. He's developed the unique heart coaching methodology, which we're going to hear about right now. Hello and welcome to Women in Confidence. Lovely to have you here. Thanks very much for joining me. Thank you, Vanessa. It's my pleasure being here and uh, looking forward and uh, being excited uh, to do this podcast together and bring some value to your audience. Great. Thank you. So if you're a regular listener to Women in Confidence, you might be thinking, hang on a minute, that doesn't sound like a regular guest. Yes, you're right. Tassos is a male and you are actually, I should say, you're the first male guest I've had and actually you're the first male I've ever had interested in being on Women in Confidence. And I know of all being revealed shortly, but I really do appreciate it. And it's great, actually, whilst I was preparing for this, I was thinking how wonderful it is to have a different perspective about confidence in women, because the podcast has largely been focused on women talking about women. So it's going to be really interesting to to have your view on it. And um, yeah, I'm, really, I'm just really excited to um, have, have this conversation with you. But before we get started, I always ask this question, what does having confidence mean to you? Yeah, you know, confidence sometimes can be also subjective. So I like the question, what it means to me, right? To me, Because also sometimes we confuse the, uh, the meanings of self-confidence with self-esteem, maybe, or self-assurance. So especially with self-esteem, sometimes there is a confusion. So confidence for me, I would say, is the um, status of or a self-belief, let's say, that I have the skills or have the competencies of achieving something. You know? And that means that I have, let's say, faith in my capabilities, my judgment, and uh, that I can uh, set my goals and I can achieve my goals you know, with a proper planning, etc. But this is, let's say, the actual part of it. So I would say, yes, this is what confidence means to me. And if I can, if I can make a small uh, differentiation here with the self-esteem, is that self-esteem because I think it's interesting to do this um, uh, discussion about self-esteem as well at the same time to differentiate from uh, confidence. That self-esteem is, I think, the, the perception of the value that we have, the worth we have about ourselves, 
in general around our beliefs, around our values, around and including a little bit the capabilities. But the confidence is more the technical term, I would say, about the capabilities themselves and about the um, the skills that we have to achieve things. So I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to go um, straight into it. Is there a difference between confidence in men and confidence in women? And if you think there is, what is it? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, confidence in men, I think, you know, it's it's a little bit sometimes because of our nature. So, yes, there could be slight differences. Again, they are very subjective. But if we see, let's say, the male versus female, you know, male instinct, you know, uh, traditionally and from history and from, uh, from you know, the thousands of years of evolution of the human health and humankind, you know, the male instinct, yes, is a little bit different from the female instinct, especially because we were, we were meant to be hunters, we were meant to be warriors, we were meant to be competitive and more aggressive, you know, as, um, as, um, as a gender. So these, by, through, the, through the thousands of years, were creating, uh, I would say, a different perspective of confidence. On the other hand, women are more confident because they are they have to raise the family, they have to take care of the family, and I'm talking always, you know, as the, as we are uh, evolving as uh, human beings. Of course, sometimes now the social environment, you know, and the, the recent you know, political and social and cultural let's say, developments have also started differentiating a little these terms in our minds, at least mentally. But in essence, in essence, biologically, I could say that this confidence is based on the male instinct and the female instinct. So this is where I, I would put my, the difference. But then again, growing up, depending again on the, on the education we get from the family, on the social uh, impact that we, uh, we have during our school years, during uh, uh, when we go out to professional environment, then confidence can slightly change again. Because why? Because the negative talk and the self-doubt come in, right? And then this is where the, the mix something happens, you know, and we start doubting, okay, am I confident enough? Uh, can I achieve this? Do I have these skills? So this is where it's starting getting a little bit messy, as we say, right? Between what confident real is and if we are confident enough or if we are not confident enough. Yeah, confidence. And, and probably the reason why this podcast is so enduring is because confidence is so subjective and it isn't necessarily easy to describe whether it's for male or female, but it's just there's always a different view of it. And that's why I guess I could keep going for another five, five six 10 years on this podcast. Well, listen, tell me, how did you get into coaching women and particularly like the women empowerment coach? Because I know you've hmm. worked, you know, 25 years plus in corporate, but what was your journey to becoming a women empowerment coach? Yeah, so this is an interesting journey uh, for, for me, I mean, at least, right? Because, uh, because it was... Um, it was, if I look back, you know, when I was in the real corporate world, you know, and I didn't even know anything about coaching, right? I didn't even know what coaching means back then. And growing up in Greece, you know, in an international environment, because I was traveling, I had to, I could experience a lot of different cultures still, you know, traveling in Europe, in Asia, in Africa during my corporate years. But still, coaching was not there. No one really knew coaching. Of course, we knew about trainings, about seminars, maybe even about mentoring a little bit. You know, because, you know, we're saying, oh, my mentor, which means my boss or maybe my uh, my coach in uh, a sports environment. 
because I was a swimmer, for example, I was a water polo player. So yeah, coach for me was that. Uh, of course, subconsciously, you know, uh, and um, the coach was also the person back then in sports that was guiding us, was giving us advice, and sometimes it would go. It was it would it would go also to life issues or how we need to uh, to manage our goals, how to uh, to manage our psychology, our mental health, etc. But it was not really the coaching as we know it right now. So back then I didn't know, and then a lot of women, a lot of colleagues, you know, female colleagues, a lot of a lot of friends, you know, were coming to me. They're like, you know, Tasso, so I'm thinking this. I have this issue. I have this challenge. How I can I behave here? You know, how I can I reply to this boss of mine that he's a bit aggressive, maybe, or he's a bit, he's a bit, you know, very um, demanding, or he's very, you know. Uh, difficult to cope with. So what can I do? And all, the kind of, all these kind of questions for uh, giving advice. So then I would take my time, I would listen to them, and I would try to figure out different approaches, you know, to support them and help them, and not, but mainly listen to them, you know, and try to challenge them. So I was doing this purely instinctively. It's completely different than now, because now I'm a trained coach, I'm a certified, you know, so it's a completely different approach. But back then it was instinctive. It was really instinctive approach. And an instinctive response, and that was uh, really uh, something that I figure out now lately. So when I was uh, when uh, we came here as a family to Qatar, you know, and I started looking around what else I can do and how I can personally evolve and grow. First of all, this is where he started. The journey started. I started with uh, a kung fu uh, practitioning. So I was starting with kung fu uh, martial art, let's say, training with an amazing uh, master coach here in Qatar. You know, so I started evolving, let's say, physically, and at the same time, slowly, slowly, through the discipline of the Kung Fu and through the practice and the consistency of the practice, I started evolving further mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Because I started also meditating, I started doing guided meditation, guided visualization, I started doing a lot of difficult and challenging physical and mental uh, uh, practices and exercises and trainings that would lead help me grow in all these different levels. Because holistic coaching is about that. It's about physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual balance. Or I could say physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual integration. So how you can how you can combine all this together in order to really feel balanced and aligned with yourself in all these different levels. So coming back to your question about women empowerment, <clears throat> I, I said, okay, so if I have an instinctive, let's say, skill or talent, and uh, women could listen to me, and women, I could give advice to women, and I saw at the same time what's happening in the working environment, which is, I would say, male-dominated environments still, you know, and it's very, they are very much influenced by decisions taken by men, you know, and this, by this, uh, you know, young and male energy, and not the young female energy, then this, I said, okay, maybe that's a good, uh, it would be interesting for me to, uh, to challenge myself and uh, check my, my capabilities, let's say, into, uh, into the women empowerment space. And it's worked. It has worked. It has worked. And it's, uh, I'm getting more and more, let's say, empowered myself, right, to go deeper and deeper into this space and really, really support and uh, give, uh, have impact and serve and provide value, you know, to uh, to women that really think they need support in this uh, uh, in this space, in the empowerment. They need to feel accepted, 
very important. Right? They need to build their resilience so that they can overcome any challenges uh, in their personal life and professional life. Well, let's dive into your methodology around holistic coaching. And I'm glad you answered that question because that was that was on my list of things to confirm, you know, what is holistic mm-hmm. coaching. But let's talk about your methodology and the heart method that you use around your empowerment coaching. So can you talk to me or talk to us, the audience, around what is your method to really support those women that you're coaching? So yes, so um, thank you for thank you for this uh, opportunity. Yes, so heart the heart coaching methodology is a copyrighted uh, methodology that I have developed the last years around coaching, around holistic coaching, and it's basically an acronym. Of course, hearts are hard, right? it's the organ, but still, it's an acronym for me and for my methodology, which means H for holistic, E for empowerment, A for acceptance, R for resilience, and T for transformation. So this hard process, <clears throat> it's a five-step process, if I can say. So I was saying that H is for um, uh, holistic approach, a, uh, E for empowerment, A for acceptance, R for resilience, and T for transformation. So basically, this is a five-step process that we are, uh, that when I, whenever I have any, any issue, uh, that the woman is coming to me and says, look, Tassos, for example, you know, my, I feel that my self-esteem is low, how you can help me. Or, for example, I have an issue with my weight loss, how I can, uh, how, what can I do to change these and have a better self-image for myself, etc., etc. So any issue that the woman is facing on a personal or professional life, I guide her through the heart methodology because I see that the base and the number one step is the holistic approach. What this means is that how aligned a woman is with herself in terms of her priorities, in terms of what is things are important to her, in terms of how, what she's doing about her self-care, so the physical aspect, right? Then how she's prioritizing, how she's taking control of her life, which is the mental aspect. Then the emotional aspect is how does she communicate that? Does she share what she's thinking? Does she share what she's feeling? Is she open? Is she open to hear, to listen, to get take take some guidance or not? How she? How what about her relationships in life with her husband, with her kids, with her colleagues, family, etc.? So this is the emotional aspect. And final, finally, is there an, an alignment with the emotional, the spiritual? I'm sorry, the spiritual space of hers. Does she understand what her soul really wants? Is she at all sensitive in this or not? So this is the holistic approach. Once we try to get this alignment around the holistic approach of the specific issue, again, I'm saying about the specific issue that she is facing, that she is challenged with, then we go to the empowerment, to the E aspect, the empowerment. Why? Because once we start feeling that we manage this holistic approach and we are feeling more grounded, we feel more secure, we feel feel more aligned with who we are and what we want to achieve, then immediately we get this confidence. And since your podcast is about confidence, we start building on our confidence. Once we start building on our our confidence, then we get the empowerment that we need, the self-empowerment, and slowly, slowly we start getting, receiving also the acceptance from others. Because when we are feeling empowered, we communicate that. We reflect this to the others. We reflect this to the world outside. We reflect this to our colleagues, to our family, to, uh, to all the environment outside of us. And then we slowly, slowly, we receive the acceptance which we need. Because I'm telling you by experience, more, over 80% of my clients is about 
acceptance is about how I can feel accepted. What do I need to do to feel accepted and feel heard and feel that people are listening to me and feel that people are accepting me as I am and not as they would like me to be, what they would like me to be, but as how they can accept me as they are, as I am. So this is the acceptance uh, aspect. And then by, uh, let's say, by fueling the uh, empowerment, the acceptance, and circling back and reflecting back and again, we're building the resilience that we need slowly, slowly, because the resilience is about consistency. Resilience is about is about overcoming challenges. Resilience is about really, really facing the world outside in the best way possible that we can in order to really have the uh, capacity and the consistency, you know, to um, be there when we need to be there, be present, stand up when we, we need when we need to stand up in any circumstance, right? And say, this, this is who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know how, what I want. And this is my life and this is my path. And I will stay true to myself. I will stay true to, true, true to my path. So this is the resilience aspect. And in the end, transformation comes by itself. I don't need to say much about transformation because if you look back where you started, where you were challenged and you had this issue about, let's say, self-esteem or about uh, weight loss or about acceptance, whatever was that, and then you see your way through this process, through this coaching process, then you see the real transformation. And how many times do people come to you in this process? Is it because transformation isn't something I, from my experience in particular, either I've been through the process or I've coached people. Transformation mm-hmm. isn't something that happens overnight. So how how sort of how long or how often do people come to see you? Now, when when we starting with the coaching agreement, we usually start with minimum three months. And we have coaching sessions every week. So yeah, I advise and I recommend weekly sessions of one hour or one hour and a half, depending on the on the coaching container, let's say, that we are working around. And then uh, on the three months, we do our evaluation, we do our review, and then we continue. Because some, you know, some issues, because as you know, coaching is about the present and the future. It's not about so much traumatic experiences. Of course, we're working a little bit on any traumatic experience, but always with the objective to see where we are now and what we want to become in the future, how we want to change and how we want to be in the future, right? So sometimes miracles happen, and uh, really honestly, in even, even in one session sometimes, even in one session, I could tell you that sometimes, of course, and the normality is that we need a little bit more time to work around because when you're starting unpacking things, unpacking and unfolding these issues, sometimes you start with an issue a, and you end up in three, four, five different issues that you need to work around. So then it really depends on the individual. And another very important thing is the, the accountability and the commitment of the individual in order to address these issues. Because also it's about self-discipline and about action, right? If you don't have any, if there is no self-discipline, and it's very hard because maybe sometimes there is resistance to this self-discipline, from the individual, from the coachee, then the process can be longer. Because then it's not about the coach, it's about the coachee's accountability and commitment commitment on the agreed actions that someone needs to go through in order to grow and in order to develop and in order to transform, in order to transform. Self-discipline and commitment is not there, then it's, it's a little bit more challenging. So for me as a coach, you know, then I need to work around the self-discipline aspect 
and around the commitment and accountability aspect in order to get the coaching going really and uh, achieve this transformation. So why do people need a coach? You know, what what is it about having a coach that drives people to actually take action? Because, you know, in, in theory, everybody could coach themselves or they could take the actions. But what is it about having a coach that makes the difference? Yes, the, thank you. Very interesting question. This one. I would start that, first of all, uh, many of us, including myself and everyone, sometimes we feel a little bit unstable. We feel that we don't have the mental clarity. We don't have the clarity that we need you know, in uh, understanding who we are and understanding what we are, what are our unique talents, what are our unique skills, how we can overcome a, a situation in our life. You know, that sometimes we feel that we're blocked or we feel that we are, let's say, prison in prison in a way and we cannot escape cannot escape because you know this mental chatter all the time and this uh, this negative talk and the self-doubts coming in or uh, or we don't want to uh, step out of our comfort zone as well another issue so yes mentally we say yeah of course I want to become a writer let's say I want to write a book but on the other hand we're starting the negative self-talk goes in and says, okay, but am I, am I enough? Can I write? No, but I cannot write. I never write in my life. How can I write a book? And there are thousands of others in the, in the world, you know, that they are writing books, et cetera, et cetera. So, so there, there we need someone to, uh, let's say, a little bit, wake us up a little bit, shake us, shake us up and say, look, you know, you can do it. You have the skills, you have the talent, you have the capacity, you have all, all, all that's required, you know, to achieve what you want to achieve. You know, and then starting to unlocking, unlocking these capabilities and uh, unlocking what is the real potential of every of every person inside us. So this is where the coach is needed. One because one because some of us sometimes we cannot realize that we have the capability, we have the confidence, even the confidence, we have the confidence, you know, to achieve things. So we need someone to remind us. We need someone to lead us. Give us a little bit the challenge our beliefs and challenge our values around it. Second, because because we know what we want, we understand, but maybe we don't know the way. So we don't know the way, we don't know how. So then again, the coach would come in and not mentor us, not guide us, take us, you know, slowly, slowly by hand to give us to show us the path. I don't mean this, but challenge the coach is there to challenge the coachee. On his or her beliefs, on his or her skills, on his or her own insights and own truth, self truth, so that we can, uh, the coachee can discover their path. You've talked, um, or you mentioned self talk quite a bit, and I've I've heard that mentioned quite a few times, and it's a real, it's a real confidence killer in many ways. The the chatter in your head right. can really right. kill confidence. Where would you start with the clients then who? who has the self-talk. I mean, some people are not even aware of it. Some people don't even know that they're no. having this conversation with themselves and it's a real limiting yes. challenge for them. But where would you start with a, a client who... I, I would question you, for example, if I was coaching you now, I would ask you, what is something that's really blocking you to achieve what you want? Mm. Well, it, so I, I, Yeah, go, go on. <laughs> What did you think? <laughs> well, I mean, it's always, I'm, I'm my biggest barrier to everything. I, I genuinely are. And I don't think I'm unique at all. I think that's very common. Correct. Correct. But by this only one single question, you start challenging yourself and you say, yes, you know what? My blockage, for example, is because I don't think I can make it. Okay. And why you don't think? 
So it's about self-esteem or it's about self-reassurance, uh, right? So you go on by the, this kind of question, this kind of powerful questions, and you start challenging this negative talk, this self-doubt, so that the coachee and the individual understands that it's everything in the end about his mind, that his mental state. Everything's about the mental and emotional state of ours because we all have the capabilities. We all have the skills. It's just a matter of getting out of this comfort zone and say, okay, I can do it. And then you say, how I can do it. First, you need to, to get back the confidence that you require in order to say, yes, I can do it. Yes, I want to achieve this. Yes, I'm sure this is what I want to do. And then you start discovering the how. But the, the number one thing is this one, to uh, start realizing that this negative talk, this self-doubt thoughts and this mental chatter is there to really keep us, let's say, safe. But this is not a reality. It's just the, it's just the, 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 uh, the, uh, the mind, the a mental uh, trap, as I, used to, as I used to say, it's a mental trap that we believe we are safe, but then we don't grow, we don't develop like this. Many years ago, I had coaching and I must have been I don't know, having a negative moment. And I, maybe I said, I'm an imposter here. I don't belong here, which is quite common uh, when I was oh, in yeah. a senior role. And my coach said to me, is that always true? And it really made me think, actually, well, of course, it's not always true, because first of all, I was promoted. I was hired. I was all these sorts of things. And it, that, that really stopped me in my tracks. That one question, is that always true? Because it's not and it's just one belief that has has cropped into my head and has dominated that space but it genuinely isn't true and i i think i ask myself that question a lot now whenever i have a a negative thought pop into my head about myself i always say is that always true and it works yeah it's it's, it, it's great and thank you for saying that because you see what you just said now that everything's about perspective it's, a, it's about what you're comparing it with what do we compare with? Because you say, yeah, is that true? Be or comparing on what? Based on what? Yeah, of course, if I make 1,000 thoughts every day, right? Maybe 50, maybe 100, maybe 200, maybe 500 will be negative. But what about the rest? <laughs> what, what about the rest which we miss evaluating? Because maybe we don't give them the same importance. So it's a matter of perspective, a matter of importance that we give to things and we give to our mental to our thoughts on a daily basis and our beliefs, because everything is about perspective. Everything is about this mental and emotional state that I, I mentioned before. Everything is about which angle we see the different things and which view we see the different, and uh, from which view we see the different things. Because the same thing is this, this is the classic, you know, the classic example of uh, the glass half full or half empty. It's the same thing. I can have a completely negative view on things and you can be the most positive person in the world around the same, exactly, exactly the same things. So given what you just said then, you can think yourself confident. Yes, you know what I, why, uh, and I was not always like this. I had also a lot of up and down, you know, my life was feeling low, with a very low confidence or very high confidence, you know. Right now, I can tell you right now at this moment, yes, I'm feeling very confident because I've, Coaching for me is really my mission and I'm really passionate and I'm really empowered in this, what I'm doing. So I'm very, very confident in this. I have a long way to go, of course, but still, still I'm very confident, you know, that I can serve and I can have impact and I can provide invaluable things. I can share my knowledge. I can share my experiences to people out there and really support, and really support, you know, women 
professionals and executives into this uh, challenging uh, world, let's say, this challenging situation on a daily basis. When I was doing my research before you came on Tassos, I was looking at your website and one of the things it said was around helping uh, your clients measure their worth. And that really got my interest. I'm thinking, what what does that mean? How How is it, how can you measure your worth or, or well, I'm assuming you can, but just tell me more about that. Yeah, measuring the worth is the self-esteem, what we discussed in the beginning, right? This is really about self-esteem. It's really about really about evaluating what you really have in your uh, toolkit, if I can say that, um, uh, mentally, physically, emotional, and spiritually, right? To really be have this confidence and have this um, self-awareness on how you can be in the world, on how you can, what you can achieve in this world, what kind of legacy you want to live in this world. Because if we want to talk spiritually about self-worth and about measuring the worth, it's about, again, subjective. And for me, it's about legacy. For me, it's about what I want to leave back to my family, to my kids, when I will live this, uh, this uh, life. So this is about the worth for me. This is about worth. Uh, and because it's not about worth, about measuring or competing someone else. I never see it like this. Maybe some people would do, could see it like this. That's fine. But for me, value my worth is about really what is the best version of myself? What is the maximum that I can reach in terms of impact, in terms of serving other people, in terms of contributing to the society, in terms of contributing to the world and leave this uh, a long-lasting legacy that can really have an impact? In that sense, uh, it's the worth uh, for me. Can you give me an example of somebody you've coached then and taken them through the heart process and so they've come out at the end transformed? Yes. No uh, names, of, of course. course but of just... course, we don't say names. We don't say names, of course, but I have uh, di- different cases and uh, different examples in this. So, for example, a coachee that I had, she was uh, around 35 years old. She's around 35 years old, 36 now, because we were working last year together for a few months. So she was. Um, <clears throat> she started with really, really... Self, uh, big self-doubt, you know, uh, I'm not enough, I'm not sufficient, I'm not good at my work, I cannot good, be a good mother, I cannot be a good, uh, a good wife, you know, and really, really going into this kind of space. And then see, uh, one time, while, while we work together with different, let's say, approaches and uh, based on the heart and methodology, she had, a, uh, she had an interview. With a new, for a new career job, for a new job, for a new career. So she was asking me for coaching around this before the interview. And she was like, yeah, Tassos, but you know, I have, I'm afraid. How to go there? What can I tell him? Tell them I have not achieved anything and all that. And I said to her, look, I said, how many times have you done interview in your life? She said, many times, five or six, seven times so far. Okay. For a new job. Yes. Okay. Have you ever failed? Said, hmm. Now that I'm thinking, no, never. <laughs> so I said, okay. So what's what you're afraid? What are you afraid of now? Then now, what's your fear there? Why? Where? Why, where is this self doubt is coming from? Yeah, because maybe I don't have the skills for this particular job, the technical skills and everything. Okay, and I said, okay. Do you think that? Um, do you think they would invite you in an interview like this uh, between hundreds of other people? 
if they thought that you don't have the skills, the hard skills or the soft skills in the first place. And then she was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You know, so that's an example of the discussions that we had, but the transformation. And she, was, she got the job and she got the job. And then she was really happy and she came back to me and she was thanking me and all that and all that. And it was, it was interesting because in her family, she was the boss. In her professional space, right? She was really doubting about herself, really, and she could not really stand up and really showcase what she can do and what she says. So you see the same person in two different environments, the different, the different aspect, the different perspective of hers, of her capabilities and her skills. So um, yes, I think this was a good example of the of the transformation, and it was a good example of how she managed to align both in both spaces, the personal and the professional space, to really align with uh, with her worth in that sense. Really interesting you bring that up about the, this lady being the boss at home and yet in the workplace she didn't have necessarily the confidence or the confidence in her skill set. Because I've also met many women who, you know, are an amazing at home. You know, they they run the family budgets, they, you know, they do all the scheduling and, you know, they're doing homeschooling or whatever. And yet at work, they don't have the confidence to go for a promotion or to put themselves forward, even to speak up in meetings. And that that sort of disconnect between the private life where, you know, they clearly are very competent and have the confidence. And yet when they come into the workplace, they sort of sometimes leave that at home. And I think mm-hmm. that's quite common. And I've heard it more common in women. Is that something that you believe to be true as well? Yeah, of course it's true. And that, that's why I gave you this example, right? Of course, this doesn't mean that's always the case. Of course not. But it's true. It's true in, it's true in, um, in a big percent, in a big percent of women uh, out there. Because, uh, and I don't say that as a coach. I say that also during my experience at the corporate world, I could see that the same thing. Because when I was uh, challenging them in a friendly uh, discussion that, yeah, okay, but tell me about your family. Tell me how you manage your family and how, you know, what's happening there with your husband and your kids and everything. You would see, you would see that the energy completely changed. Their energy was very positive, very uh, ambitious. They were very, you know, they were very, they very controlled. They had the control, all the control around the family and the, all the family issues. And they knew exactly what they wanted for their kids. They knew exactly what they wanted for their car, for education for the careers, whatever, you know, for herself, how to manage everything. But on the other hand, in the professional environment, yes, they thought that they were lagging behind, you know, they didn't have this confidence required. So, yes, this is very common. It's very common. This misalignment uh, is a great opportunity to uh, improve and great opportunity, you know, to really find this balance between these two. Because without this balance, and this is part of the hard coaching methodology, we need this work-life balance and integration. We're not talking about work-life balance, okay, in terms of how many hours I work and how many hours I spend at home. Because it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. It's about the quality of the hours. I may work four, four hours a day, very, very efficient, right? And I can do the same job, like being eight hours in a, in a working space, and still I'm losing my time. Or I can do, I can be with my kids, three hours a day, let's say, at home and not spend quality time at all with them and doing other things, you know, and not really paying attention. Or I could spend one hour with my children at home and really being this quality daddy, father, children, you know, time 
where, where skills are developed, where emotional connections happening, with, where there is really a joyful uh, time and quality time with the, uh, with the family. So again, it's a matter of perspective and it's a matter of quality uh, versus quantity here. So what's your one piece of advice for women who are listening and they just want to maybe get started in building their confidence? What would you advise them to do? To build this confidence, yes. Uh, I would start really with the uh, mental, uh, physical and mental well-being, including the physical, you know, because self-care is uh, very, very important because it's a very common uh, common, uh, attitude or aspect in women that because of the nature, because of the the way they were brought up, because of the the way they were taught, whatever, that women has to give and only give and give and give and give and provide, being the provider of family, being the provider for everyone. Yes, but for how much? For how much? For how long? And at what cost? And at what cost? Because if this means that then there is a mental uh, or health cost is very high, then this self-care needs to be brought back. And this needs paying attention to the self-care, paying attention to our mental well-being. For me, it's number one. Because the, the, um, the, the healthier we are in these two aspects, the more energy we have and the more interest we have to give more to others. Because if we don't have the necessary energy ourselves, we cannot give back energy because we are drained. So what energy can we give back to our kids? What energy can we give back to our loved ones? So for me, number one is this. Uh, number two would be really to, to identify who we really are. This is a big challenge as well. So am I, what, what am I? Am I identifying as a mother only? Am I identifying as a father only? Am I identifying as an executive? Am I identifying as my profession whatever this profession is, my role in this professional world, you know, what am I identifying with? Who I am? So when we, once we start identifying really ourselves, that means that we are coming back and we are connecting more to our true self. And by connecting to our true self and our authentic self, then we started realizing about our, our capabilities, our skills, what we have that we can offer back to the world. And this builds the confidence at the same time, slowly, slowly. And the more we realize that and the more self-aware we are about that, the more confidence we build, the more self-confidence. And then, of course, it's about routines, it's about habits, it's about uh, daily, how we manage our daily schedule, the priorities uh, that we give, our time management, the importance of, uh, of, the, uh, of the things that we are uh, dealing with. You know, stepping out of the comfort zone because we need to be challenged sometimes. Managing the negative self-talk we discussed before, you know. Visualizing, visualizing what we want to achieve, the success that we want to have, right? The, the big and bold goals that we want to, to really achieve. And also, the, and also working with ourselves uh, personally and growing, right? Because maybe, uh, maybe I'm the best talent Maybe I'm the best talent in the world, let's say, in music or in a, or in a, uh, in a theatrical play, whatever. Maybe I'm the best. But if I don't practice it, if I don't challenge myself further, if I don't train myself, I will not grow. It's the same thing. It's the same thing like sports. You know, you have a, a, we have someone with, let's say, other skills, but really hardworking, really hard training, really consistent, consistent, consistent training, and then on the other side, you have a talent, very, very talented athlete, 
but he's a bit lazy. He thinks a lot about, you know, he thinks that he has over self-confidence or over self-esteem, high esteem. He doesn't uh, provide, the, he doesn't uh, focus uh, necessarily on his training. So who will reach in the end? Now, I'm really glad you brought up around um, practice and habits, because I always say confidence is a habit. You have to you mm-hmm. have to keep practicing it and challenging yourself. Otherwise, there's a tendency or is a, 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 I suppose you're capable of then losing that confidence because you do need to keep topping it up. And it's like any muscle, I suppose you just need to keep using it. To me, confidence is a habit and mm. it's a, something yes. you absolutely have to practice. So I'm really glad you said that. How can people find you, Tassos, if they're, if they're really interested in understanding a bit more about you and working with you and your heart methodology? How can people find you? Uh, they can find me through my website, which is basically my name. is tassoskotsyas.com. If I could spell it, it would be T-A-S-S-O-S-K-O-T-Z-I-A-S.com. Uh, of course, I have also some social media platforms and LinkedIn, etc. And uh, we'll be happy also if, uh, you know, they can find me through our podcast and through your uh, channels and through your platforms. And um, in any case, uh, being here in this uh, podcast with you, any listener or uh, any listener, any of the audience can reach out to me. We are happy to have a 30 minutes uh, free consultation call, you know, to go a little bit deeper on their awareness, to go a little bit deeper on what they want to achieve or who they are and how I can really bring value to them on identifying these um, challenging, let's say, questions that we all have. We all have them for sure. And I put all those contact details in the show notes. So they're all linked up. So people can just click on them and they'll go straight to your website or your social media pages. So listen, Tassos, thanks so much for being on the show and for being my first gentleman on the show, which is great. Maybe we'll have some more to come, but thank you for sharing certainly your methodology. I've not heard of the heart methodology before. um, And it's great that you laid it out so cleanly and so would give us some real clarity on that one but also just thank you very much for just sharing all your thoughts anyway around coaching and also empowerment of women so thank you thank you Vanessa thank you it was my pleasure uh, thank you very much I appreciate that and I appreciate being as you said the first <laughs> male uh, in your show so uh, yeah why not maybe we can do more together <laughs> yeah for sure thank you <laughs>